Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 28th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Chris has a story coming later today on 24-7 Sports about Alabama's loaded quarterback room from 2017 and 2018. Chris, this is obviously a topical subject with Mac Jones set to be a top five, top three, top 10 at least pick, probably top three. In Thursday's NFL draft, and you did a, a nice long story unpacking all of that and, and his time in Tuscaloosa with Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts. And you talked to a lot of people. You talked to people in the quarterback room with Mac, Jalen, and Tua. You talked to their offensive coordinator, Mike Loxley. We're going to hear from Mike a few times during this episode. I want to start with the more macro question for you, Chris. Is this the best college football quarterback room of all time? That's such a tough question to kind of decipher, um, especially when you consider how different the eras of college football are. I would argue that this quarterback room is special in that it takes place in an era of transfer quarterbacks where more than 50% of former four-star passers transfer at least once in their career. Jalen Hurts was part of this room and he obviously grad transferred to Oklahoma and had a really successful run there with the Sooners, was a Heisman finalist. But for that kind of trio to be together for even for two years on campus together is really momentous. And their resume together is pretty staggering. Um, I have it in kind of front of me. And essentially, all those three accounted for nine college football playoff appearances and 11 possible kind of campaigns for the three of them. At least one of them appeared in the national championship game every season from 2016 to 2020, except for the 20 2018 campaign. All three were Heisman finalists. All three lost only one or two games as a starter. I think together, the three of them had six total losses as starters. Mac Jones is a single season FBS completion percentage holder. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback to go to four college football playoffs. Tua Tagovailoa, during his season on campus at Alabama, was maybe considered the best single season quarterback performance of all time until we kind of see saw Joe Burrow eclipse that uh, later that year and after Tua got hurt. So it's a pretty staggering group. And in totality, I think they're easily in the argument as best. I would put that group ahead of 2017 Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. I'm sorry to Austin Kendall, but he does not kind of equate to that. Dwayne Haskins, Joe Burrow, JT Barrett, they all had really successful careers themselves, but I don't think it measures up in quite the same way. At Ohio State. At Ohio State. I think USC is a really interesting one. There are two groups. 2002 USC had Carson Palmer, Matt Leinard, and Matt Castle. And then 2005, USC had Matt Leinard, Mark Sanchez, and Don, John David Booty. But the third quarterback in that equation, Matt Castle and John David Booty, never really had the career that Mac Jones ended up having for Alabama. Uh, you can even go back into the 1980s. Miami, 1982, Jim Kelly, Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kosar. All three of those guys were first-round picks. I believe all three of them won national championships for Miami uh, kind of during their run in the 80s. That group is stacked. 1980 BYU had Steve Young, Jim McMahon, Robbie Bosco, three national champions, uh, three really consequential quarterbacks in kind of college football history. But I just, 
for my money, when you talk about the era, you talk about the production, you talk about the difficulty of keeping those groups together and the teams they played for, how critical Alabama is for this kind of decade and for college football history in general. I just, I have a difficult time arguing against um, those three. Perhaps it's recency bias, but I put them at the top. Yeah, it's funny. The first team you have on the list that you sent me as well is 64 Bama with Joe Namath and and Steve Sloan and, and Kenny Stabler was on the freshman team. Certainly interesting, Chris. And I think what makes 2018 and 2017 Alabama's quarterback room so interesting is what you're going to lay out in this story that these guys were all pretty different. And we'll get into that. But I think Mac Jones, what sets him apart was you always refer to him as a joker. I kind of think it's an annoying nickname. And I kind of, when you do that, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. But he, well, his family, his ha- family embraces it. Like, like that is something Mac likes. Like he likes that idea. I think it's kind of the like laughing face on the front of an assassin, somebody who was able to come from nothing. And if you go into the comic books, like the Joker came from nothing to become an elite, right, elite right, spare, kind of passer. Please spare me. All right. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying it works. It works. Yeah. So you're talking to Mike Loxley. Mike's got a great anecdote about Mac Jones during orange bowl prep a few years ago, we're going to listen in on that. And then we're going to talk about what we think about it. Anybody that knows knew that Mac was really competitive because I mean, he, he would get under coach's skin a little bit with just some of his antics. Like I would be on the other field and he's the scout quarterback. And, you know, I can remember in the orange bowl, he pissed off the starting defense to where it was almost a brawl as we were getting ready to play in the orange bowl. There's almost a brawl because he did something to piss off Quentin Williams. And next thing you know, it's, that's so and then we come off the field and it's like oh mac pissed off the defense pissed off coach so you know mac was one of those guys that wasn't happy with playing on the scout team throwing interceptions because they want you to throw it over here he was going to be competitive and try to get completions chris what do you think mac jones learned or forged through his time on the scout team i think he learned that every rep matters I did a big story on Mac earlier this year, I guess, during the 2020 season. And he told me what he learned from Jalen and Tua and from the scout team as well, is that you can get humbled every week. If you're not on your A game, you have to put your best position in the close the gap on perfect or else things can happen. I think at that point, he was referencing Jalen losing his job. But I also think at Alabama, the scout team, how that works is the scout team offense goes against the first team defense every week. So the scout team quarterback is going up against 10 or 11 NFL players every snap during that. And the whole thing is designed for the scout team to lose. Uh, The defense usually knows what's coming. They're going with full game intensity because that's how reps have to be done on defense for the first team defense against the scout team. And it's almost designed for the offense to fail over and over and over again. And I think Mac at times in his career pissed off Quentin Williams. He pissed off Nick Saban because Mac never wanted to throw interceptions. He didn't want to just put the ball where he was asked to put it. He wanted to score touchdowns. He wanted to kind of own the first team defense. He wanted to prove himself. And I think kind of taking those lumps and there were plenty of them during that time really showed him what he needed to do to get off the practice field. And for context, like Alabama's scout team offense is on an entirely different practice field that Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga Valoa were at the time. Mike Loxley, when that story happened that we just heard about was on the total opposite side of the field as the first and second team kind of offenses were preparing for Oklahoma that year. Mac was in a totally separate place. And I think it became became a proving ground for him, not only in front of the coaches, but for himself to kind of really address and for him to really understand what it needed, what needed to be done for him to kind of elevate to an elite level starter in college football. Yeah. I think that scout team anecdote says a lot about Mac Jones and, and his future 
at Alabama, we were so easy to cast him aside last year in favor of Bryce Young. I think obviously Mac proved that he belonged. Chris, we're going to hear from Mike Loxley right now on the dynamic between Mac, Jalen, and Tua. This is something that's always been interesting to me. Tua and Mac were in the same 2017 class, came in after Jalen at 20, in 2016. Never really got the impression that, that Mac even wanted to try to push Tua, but you know, the two QB class, you never know. And then, of course, Tua pushed Jalen quite a bit. And so I imagine that relationship could have been a little bit full of friction, but it seemed like it was all right. They all kind of had a different set of friends, meaning, you know, those three didn't necessarily, you know, were stuck at the hip. Like, I know Mac was hung out quite a bit with, uh, you know, Damian Harris and some of those guys. And, and I know with Tua, he was a little more uh, to himself. And then Jalen, like Jalen has that old soul personality. Chris, does what Mike Loxley said about the dynamic between the three jive with what you've picked up throughout the reporting process for this story and just knowing those person those three personalities rather well the last few years yeah i think i think those guys were friendly i don't know if they were best friends but they were friendly i certainly i certainly fully believe there's a significant amount of respect between the three of them not only for what they accomplished individually but for how they each kind of handled those situations together Montana Murphy, who was a walk-on quarterback in the 2017 room, a student assistant for quarterbacks in 2018, described that 2018 situation as pretty tense. I don't think that's surprising, uh, given that Tua had just taken Jalen's job after Jalen was kind of the dude in college football for a little while. Mac was kind of out on his own in that situation. Montana actually described Mac as an afterthought in the 2017 room. That started to shift a little bit as you got into 2018 and as Mac kind of grew into his body and kind of got used to the tempo and the speed of Alabama football. What I found really interesting was there's another walk-on quarterback in that room. His name is Kyle Edwards. He was briefly uh, the quarterback's coach at UT Martin. Um, so he was a graduate assistant in Alabama for a couple of years and moved on. He talked about the connective tissue of that room being all three of their sense of humors. And they're all different. Um, Tua is kind of the happy-go-lucky guy. He always had like a really weird word of wisdom for his fellow quarterbacks. Lane Hatcher was telling me about that. Like he actually described it as a riddle initially. And then he shifted to calling it more of like a daily kind of like philosophical thought uh, to just kind of walk into the room with. And he would always kind of have the other quarterbacks making making fun of him for that a little bit. Mac was the cut up. Mac is always the guy that off the field uh, liked to laugh. He is a really big one. Um, he would make jokes. And especially early in his career, like he was even described as a little immature by a guy like Montana. But the person I think that was really interesting for those 2017 and 2018 rooms was Jalen. I've had people, including people in his family, kind of describe him to me as almost like a football cyborg, a guy who was so focused and so intent on the job ahead, which was winning that quarterback competition at Alabama initially, and then winning national championships that there wasn't a lot of time for other things. But when I spoke to Kyle Edwards about him, and Kyle sat next to Jalen in every meeting um, from 2017 to 2018, uh, that's just kind of how where the unofficial assigned seats were. Kyle was talking about Jalen in meetings, like doing... Nick Saban impressions. Like Kyle remembers his first ever meeting at Alabama. Um, Nick Saban walked into the room. He's wearing like penny loafers, golf pants, tucked in polo, kind of looking like Nick Saban, you know, straw hat and everything. And Jalen's sitting right next to him on his right, kind of on the aisle seat. And right before Nick Saban opens his mouth, Jalen turns to Kyle and he goes, what's up guys with the Nick Saban inflection. And then like half a beat later, Nick Saban's doing that. And 
Jalen would kind of break the ice and kind of have a sense of humor with his guys in the meeting rooms all the time like that. There was a story that Kyle told me that whenever Alabama would have a new position coach or analyst, which happened all the time in that room, whether it be Dan Enos, Mike Loxley, Brian Dayball, like all of those guys kind of circled out, cycled out. Chris Winkie was an analyst at the time. There were a lot of guys that kind of came into the room new that Jalen Hurts would like play pranks on the new coaches and tell them that the meeting room was actually in a different place than they were all at. So all five or six of Alabama's quarterbacks would go into the kind of offensive meeting room upstairs. And Jalen had told the coach that they were going to meet downstairs in the QB room. And then Jalen would text the coach like five minutes in, like, where are you at coach? Like, we're always meeting in a certain, we're always meeting here. And the coach would just be like, have no idea what was happening. And it led to like people like Brian Dayball, like cracking these nuts jokes, Dan Enos and Jalen Hurts would go back and forth. So I think, I think that's kind of sense of humor and shared sense of togetherness helped keep that room together in a way that might, that might not have occurred other places with so much kind of internal competition happening with all of those guys wanting the same job. Last question. How do you think being in those rooms prepared Mac for how he was going to handle this final battle of his college career with Bryce Young? It's my understanding that they, you know, Mac wasn't out there trying to help Bryce Young beat him for the job. No, I think the three quarterbacks that were all there together, maybe, maybe Mac was a little different than Jalen and Tua because Mac was further behind and his family even knew that when he arrived on campus, like he would not be ready to play right away. Like he was a late bloomer. He was kind of aware of that, but I think Mac knew he could be friendly towards Bryce but like he wasn't necessarily going to help him take his job. You know what I mean? Did he learn? Do you think he learned that from Jalen? I think he learned that from four years of, or three years of being in Alabama's quarterback room and quarterback room and on the team and watching competition happen across that roster. Like it's not just Jalen. I think he certainly learned from Jalen that you can lose your job at any time and you have to be kind of 100% ready to go at all times. I think Mac had a quote to me back in 2020, essentially saying that you get humbled every week at Alabama. And if you're not on your A game, uh, you can lose your spot. Um, He learned that from Jalen and Tua. And that lesson was quite clear. So in that way, I think he knew that he might've had the inside track going into that quarterback battle in 2020 with Bryce Young. But if he didn't kind of improve and step up his game and he he put in a ton of work uh, last off season, he could lose that job. And I think that certainly resonated with Mac a lot that he could lose his job at any time. And if he wasn't ready for his moment, like his moment might not, ever, might not ever occur. Well, he certainly got his moment. Chris Heimer, we appreciate you joining us and walking us through your reporting for this story on Alabama's maybe best quarterback room ever in 2017 and 2018. I think there are so many interesting parallels too to how it prepared Mac Jones to eventually be a Heisman finalist in 2020. We appreciate you joining us. Our producer is Lance Glenn. I'm Trey Scott. We will talk to you on Thursday, NFL Draft Day, for the next edition of the College Football Daily. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.